You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Bound in the area of finances, praise yes, God. Yeah. And so, uh, we, if we could pull up the one slide I mentioned to you guys from last week, and we brought up the question: Is are you a slum? Which means <laughs> someone living under, under mammon, yes. praise God. And so, uh, if you weren't here last week, that might be funny. The rest of you are like, yeah, hey, yeah, it's old news. But um, you and know, mammon is is a spirit that that's on money or that can be on money. And so what you do with your money and how you put your trust in the Lord will determine who's ruling over you, whether it's mammon, the spirit or the God of money, or if it's the Lord God Almighty. And so in Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to get into some things here in just a couple minutes that are going to be really, really good. But Matthew, excuse me, chapter six, verse 24, it says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And then the next verse says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. And so to me, the tipping point as to whether we come underneath of the spirit of mammon or we come underneath of the spirit of the Lord is depending on whether we worry or not. And worry just speaks to where we're putting our trust in because if we're trusting in the Lord, there is no room for worry. If we're truly trusting the Lord, then we truly are not worrying. So the issue is, is that who, who are we trusting in for our provision? And I, I think finances in specific is what we're talking about, but really that's in all areas. Who are we trusting in to provide for us? Is it us? Is it our ability? Is it our strength? Is it our knowledge? Is it our business sense? Is it our ability to save? Is it all of those things? Or is it God, his hand of blessing upon us, Jehovah Jireh, bringing the provision to our life? And there's wisdom in all of those things as far as, far as you know, saving and just you know, working. And all. There's wisdom. There's right things in all of that. But ultimately, the trust issue is a heart issue. At a heart level, who are we trusting to provide for us? Because the reality is, is that I don't really know, and none of us in here do, we don't fully know what tomorrow holds or what this upcoming year holds. And there's so many things that we hear, especially if you listen to uh, accurate prophets, um, there's a lot of things that are expected to come about concerning finances and different things going on in the world. Where are we going to be at when all of that stuff hits? I know for me, when 9-11 hit, I thought I was trusting the Lord, and then uh, I realized that I really wasn't trusting the Lord. I'm sorry, I said 9-11. I meant uh, the crash of 2008. <laughs> yes. Also, a lot of people were not trusting the Lord in 2011, or 2001. By golly, if I get my stories and my dates straight. <laughs> on 9-11, because that happened on a Tuesday, that following Sunday was the highest church attendance on record up to that point. Everybody got scared and went to church, which I guess is probably a good thing to do. But uh, anyways, so, but I, I experienced whenever we had the, the, the recession started in 2008, I realized that I was really not trusting in the Lord. So sometimes when things hit, it will reveal where we are at. So we need to make sure our trust is fully 100% on the Lord. Amen. So I want to just briefly mention these. We talked about these last week. I want to mention them briefly, and then we're going to get into some things uh, today that'll be, um, that'll be really good. And so here are uh, basically uh, signs or symptoms of someone that's living underneath of mammon. 
Uh, number one is they worry over money. Um, number two is they can't afford it. And I'm kind of throwing this up here just for anyone that missed this, just so we have a little reference point because it's possible we might reference this today. Um, so number two, I can't afford it. People that say like, I can't afford that. We just um, had conversation with someone recently that they were talking about like, I just don't want to put gas in my car because the gas is so expensive. And that's kind of a mentality like, well, you got to drive and you have to have gas to drive unless the Lord supernaturally sustains you. But generally speaking, we just live underneath of the blessing and we take money and we put gas in our car, right? And so a mentality that says, whoa, I don't want to put gas in my car is actually falling underneath of something to where you're worried, concerned about money and saying, I can't afford it. And sometimes people will have things, they'll have bills that will come every month and they'll be like, oh, I just can't afford the bill. And even though they really can, their mindset is like, oh, it's too much, it's too expensive. And they live like that. That's living underneath of mammon. So I'm trying not to re-preach all of this, but it's so good. <laughs> number three, these are signs or symptoms, again, of living underneath of mammon. Uh, stinginess, number four, greed. Uh, and just quickly, stinginess, and you always say this best, stinginess is not being, is not willing, being willing to let loose of what you have, and, and greed is wanting more of, of, what? of what you have and for wrong motivation, right, right. and for, for selfish gain. Uh, number five is money mismanagement. So if you're constantly mismanaging funds, that could be a sign. Or money, no management. Or money, no management. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, and number six, uh, consistent financial lack. If you're living in cons consistent financial lack, something needs to change. Impulse buying. Number eight, bondage to debt. Number nine, uh, discontentment. Or number 10, uh, just an overemphasis on money's ability to do and provide and whatever in your life. And be which your again, source. <laughs> that's right, and be your source. And God is supposed to be our yes. source. Hallelujah. Yeah. So praise God. We're going to get into talking about a couple other things concerning mammon. And I'll tell you what, and we don't have time to go back and rehash it, but this has meant so much to Liz and I to come out from underneath of mammon, to identify where we were and be able to come out from underneath of it. And we begin to prosper at a higher level just because we came out from underneath underneath. Because the one you obey, that's the one that you're slave to. And I don't want to be slave to mammon. I want to be slave to God because Alleluia. he treats his servants better than <laughs> um, any son of any other father yes. in the whole world. He's so amazing. So hallelujah. So we're going to talk about this. So I want to say this, that mammon manifests in two different ways or in two different areas. And they, they definitely flow together. And with that list that was up there, you're going to see how these two different areas uh, fit into those categories. And mammon will flow through or manifest either primarily either through fear or just through flesh. And whenever you're in fear, you're also in the flesh. And so they definitely go together. But there are two distinct areas that mammon manifests in, and it's, it's in or through fear, and it's in and through flesh. And today we're going to talk about we're going to talk about fear and how mammon will manifest through fear and then how to overcome it. Hallelujah. And really, this is really a great tool to be able to help you overcome fear in all areas. But in specific, we're going to talk about the area of finances. And so if we could pull that first uh, slide up there. And so fear, here's the deal, is that there is a spectrum with fear. And so a spectrum, you know, there's, there's a, uh, you know, one far end and the other far end. And so we're going to talk about the spectrum just for a moment. And so fear has a spectrum. So we pull up the next slide. And on one end of the spectrum is where um, someone just remains ignorant of the facts. That's right. And this is something that you really dealt with a lot in your life. And I feel like you can speak a lot. Yeah. To. So, yeah. you know, whenever you cannot 
um, pay bills or know what's happening with your finances or know if you do have enough or even know that you may have a lack or whatever. If you cannot identify that and you're unwilling or fearful because of what what's going on, um, then you cannot... Um, you, then you're going to remain ignorant. And that is actually the place where the enemy wants you to keep is ignorant. So you could say even this, and this is a place that I was, I thought I had faith because I would say God can take care of it. But I, I stayed and remained ignorant of like, I, there's just something I need to face the giant. I need to speak to the giant. But ultimately I was in fear and I was being a slave to mammon. And therefore I, I stayed ignorant. And it's also says that God will take care of me, but and and also what I don't know can't and won't hurt me. Like, oh, I know that bill's due, but I don't want to pay it. Or I know I have this amount of money, but I'm going to go ahead and buy this instead. So, you know, there's just different ways that you can stay ignorant and just operate in your uh, flesh and out of fear and not see, you know, abundance and prosperity and not being able to be the master yeah, of money. And, yeah, and so the, this far end of this, of this spectrum, and we're going to talk about the other one in just a moment moment, but it's like, and we could have added in there, um, willingly remains ignorant of the facts. Yeah. And so when you have, you know, things going on with, with bills, with debt, with credit cards, with your bank account, and it's just kind of like you just do it, but you really don't want to look at it. You don't want to pay attention to it. You don't want to watch over it. And you're willingly remaining ignorant of that. That actually, the reason you're remaining ignorant is because you're afraid of it. Right. And I know, I know for you that there was, there was a time, and you kind of mentioned this last week, but there was a time because Liz is the one that really does all of the, like the bookkeeping in our house or whatever. And so, um, so I, I pretty much would never know what's going on. It's because I just don't actually do that, but I'd be like, let's trust God, you know? And she's <laughs> like, huh. So, but you know, let's trust God, but I'm so scared and I yeah. wasn't able. So here's the thing too, is that when you're bound, you're not able to communicate properly. And right. then I, you know, then I had fear, like, I don't want him to be like upset with me that I'm not actually like managing our money properly. And I should have a better grasp at this. Like I should be better at this, but I'm just not. And you know, sometimes you just aren't where you aren't. And then this is where it's wise to have counsel and actually, you know, just partner with your spouse and communicate like I am having a problem here and I don't know why but it, it's it's hindering our finances and yeah. so you know you have to be a team but you also have to identify these things and what you don't know will hurt you yeah. and you have like you have to you have to have a plan and then be faithful to work the plan and trust the Lord in it but it goes back to like if you're in fear it's really hard to do that yeah yeah, exactly. And so you and you were at a point to where it was like, you know, you would know that there was money in the bank oh, account, yeah. yes. but you didn't want to look at it because you just couldn't stand to see the numbers that were there or not there or whatever. There was this huge fear associated yeah, with it, even to the point that, you know, at, at one point you told the story and we won't go back into it, but you were actually curled up in a ball in the closet for a long period of time while we were all looking for you. Yeah. And it yeah. was fear over, yeah. over finances. It, it yeah. was fear over finance. And the thing is, is that even when we had money and we were moving in the right direction, I was still dealing with like, I don't want to pay that 
bill because then if I paid it, then our bank account would go down. And then what if we didn't have enough money? And like, I understand that is, that is real. That is real for all of us. Like, but that is mammon controlling us and us not controlling um, what is happening. And so we have to, we can't remain ignorant in that place. And so remaining ignorant is actually a way um, a surefire way to get yourself into mismanaging money yes, because yeah. you can't manage something properly that you don't have any understanding of. That's right. You can't steward something that you don't know how much of what you know what you have. And I think about the um, the person with the um, the talents that the uh, the master went away and he gave different talents to different ones. Well, the the one went and and buried his money in the ground, and it's almost kind of yeah. like not being willing to look at your checking account. It's like, I don't want to see anything. I don't have anything to do with it, and everything will be okay. He kind of had that mentality. Well, he, oh, the master gave him one talent because the master knew what he was uh, willing to steward properly. Right. And so sometimes we want to see increase. We, I, let me rephrase that. Everybody in here wants to see yes. increase, yeah. and anybody that thinks money is bad you don't think money's bad because you got here by using gas in your car and, you know, except for some supernatural people maybe or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> you know, we need money for everything. So every, everybody understands money is, is, is a good thing in that, in that sense. Um, but whenever we don't know um, what's happening with our finances, it's a surefire way to mismanage what we don't know is there. And we want to see more. That's we right. want to see increase. But if we're unwilling to look at what we have yeah. and steward that properly, how can we expect God for the more when we're not taking care of what we already have? The, the master, the wisdom of the master will not give us more to steward poorly. That's right. Come on. <laughs> because the, the, the principle is, is be faithful in that which is least, and he'll make you ruler over much. And so sometimes it's, you know, people are going to be like, I believe in God for a million dollars. And then it's like, well, how much uh, money do you have in your bank account? Well, you know, I, I don't really know that. You know, I, and it's like, wait a second here. Uh, it's good to be in faith and believe God for big things, but how about taking care of the little that you have now, then you will see more that's added to you. Amen? And, and, and here's the thing, too. I don't know if I read it or heard it, but like, and you know this, like a very wealthy individual knows exactly how much money they absolutely. have. And if they don't know particular, they have somebody who is keeping track of it for them. Yeah. And that means that they are remaining faithful with what they have because they know how to manage it. Jesus had a treasurer. That's right. He I don't had... think he was a very good one, but you know, anyways, <laughs> he was the he was the guy Jesus had. So, yeah. but anyways, but the principle is still there. You have to have someone or something or a way of managing what you have. So, remaining ignorant is not an option for prosperous people. Amen. Everybody say I be I be a prosperous person. A prosperous person. Now with person. proper English, I am, I am a prosperous person. A prosperous person. And I'm a good steward. And I am a good steward. Over God's finances. Over God's finances. Hallelujah. There needs to be some healthy reverential fear returned to us over finances. Because they don't belong to us, they belong to the Lord. And if he were to come back and how and everything be a total complete mess. Would we be able to stand before him and say, and I, you know, I'm always careful with these things. It's not a, no condemnation, but could we stand before him in confidence and say, I did the very best with what you gave me? Because, I mean, he wants to entrust us with true riches, which isn't money. It's That's the right. heart and the lives of people. Right. And if we, so we need to grab a hold of if we can steward this one thing, money, 
then he will be able to entrust us with the most precious thing, right. which is the hearts and the lives of men and women. Amen. Amen. Right so on. It's so important. Hallelujah. So one end of the spectrum is remain ignorant of everything. Now let's move to the other end. And this, the other end, is that you have to know every single detail. And uh, we could have different areas where, uh, where we are on opposite ends of the spectrum concerning different areas of life and even different areas of your money. But either one of these can be in fear. Have you ever met the person that has to, I mean, they have to know every little thing and they'll count their money over and over and over. I think it wasn't it, uh, uh, Scrooge on DuckTales and he had this huge big pile of money and he knew everything about the money. Wasn't he the one that could tell if there was any money that had been missing that just came to me? Yeah, I don't know. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. He would, yeah, he would jump in his pile of coins and he would be like, there's a coin missing here. That's somebody that's on the other end of the spectrum. And I don't think anybody's got a pile of, if you have a pile of gold like that, we need to have a conversation here, okay? Because there's some things we need around here. But so hallelujah. But, uh, you know, have, being at that place where you have to know every little bitty detail and not because you're stewarding, stewarding it well, it's because it's actually managing you and managing your heart and you're so fearful and you have to count and know and just all of these things like this. And there's, there's a fine line there because you could be, again, at the other end, you're like, well, pfft, throw caution to the wind and that's not accurate. But the other side is that you have to know everything and you just freak out if any little thing is out of order or whatever. That's no way to live either. And so we need to have a, a, a proper uh, perspective about this and be able to manage things properly, but things not manage us. Yeah. That's we good. need to manage money and money not manage us. Yeah. Hallelujah. So the end result of these two things is this. It destroys your peace. So if you are living in destroyed peace, which I was in that place, then you know that you're, you know, you're operating in fear and that actually money is managing you yep. and you're not managing it correctly. That's exactly right. Because so, we are called to be people of peace. God right. is shalom. He's the God of peace. And if we aren't um, experiencing and operating in that peace, then we have to ask ourselves how come and yeah. ask the Lord to be able to reveal that to us. Yeah, that's exactly right. So this this is really just a way to identify if you are in fear over finances. Yeah. And if you're if you are in fear over finances, then you've been at a place or are at a place to where you don't have peace when it comes to it. You should be able to know what is in your checking account, what's in your savings account, what's in your storehouse, what bills you have, what bills are due out, what bills are coming in. You should be able to manage all of those things and your peace not be destroyed. That's right. If your peace is destroyed, you, you, it's possible that you could be you know, so far in debt that you need to really get a, 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 maybe the fullest measure of peace. Um, you need to get out of debt. That's going to help you out a lot. And, I, and I'm not saying you can't have peace if you're in a lot of debt. God can help you through that. But ultimately, you don't want to live. Uh, you don't want to live uh, in constant debt because if you live in constant debt, then you're going to always have this thing of like, do I have enough to pay? Like that's always going to plague you. So you need to get out of debt. But ultimately, if and and by the way, I'm not I'm not anti debt. I've leveraged debt before. We've had times when we've needed to take. Uh, money out and borrow money to buy cars or different things. And I'm not against that. It's just the mentality of always borrowing and never coming to the point to where you can just pay cash for things. We should just get to a point to where like our goal is at the very least, our goal is to where we can just pay cash for things. We should be further along in these areas that maybe where a lot of, uh, of us are. And Liz and I aren't coming from a, from a high place. We're coming from a place of 
telling you that we royally missed it, but we've also yes. seen the redemption of the Lord yes. in this area because we came out from underneath <laughs> of mammon. Amen. Yeah, we, we, and here's the thing is when you are not at peace, so fear is ruling in your heart, then you can't operate in wisdom. And it is from the wisdom of God that you'll receive counsel and be able to know how to actually manage money and it not manage yeah. you. Amen. And so that is so important. Yeah. Hallelujah. So if your peace is destroyed, we're going to talk to you about the solution for just a few minutes here. And this will really, really help you. The solution, it just in simple terms, is to shift your focus to the true source. So if your peace is destroyed, you need to shift your focus to the true source. No matter where you are at in terms of finances, how much money you have or you don't have, you should be in peace. Now, if you're constantly making bad decisions and it's like you have to have a miracle in your heart every day, you need to start making right decisions to where you don't have to overcome quite as much in your heart and in your mind concerning this. But generally speaking, what we need to do is we need to shift our focus from the, pro from the problem to the solution, which of course is Jesus. We're going to give you some scripture verses here that will really help you. Go to Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, and if we have this pulled up here on the screen, here we go. And we're going to read verse yes. 6 and 7. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it. What's it? Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it. Faith. faith. With <laughs> thanksgiving. Yes. Faith is in opposition to fear. Yes. If you're dealing with fear, it's because you're not operating in faith fully. If you need to operate in faith fully or abound in it, faith, you do it with thanksgiving. As you turn your attention from your problem to Jesus, and you do it with thanksgiving because he is Jehovah Jireh. Yes. He is the king of your heart. He is the Lord of your life. He is the savior of the world. He's the savior of your life. He's the God that cares about you infinitely. As you begin to look to him as your source in thanksgiving, even in the midst of turmoil, yes. as you do that, it will cause you to come to a place of shifting your focus and destroying the fear and bringing you into peace. It's very simple, but it's very true. And you know what's interesting? The thing that the enemy probably fights us the hardest on is not lifting up our voice yes. <laughs> and praising and thanking the Lord. He's always fighting us to keep us, to keep us from doing that. Why? Because when we do that, we shift our focus from whatever problem we're dealing with to the solution, which is Jesus. Yeah. Thanksgiving, I'll say, I'll say praise and thanksgiving. You know, thanks, it says to enter into his courts with praise, enter to, into his gates with praise. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Okay, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Songs are good to help you remember scripture. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, we come in with, with thanksgiving for what he has done, for who he is, and then when we praise him, we're actually looking to him and acknowledge, acknowledging that he is far above any and everything else that's going on. Yeah. And when we do that, we shift our, our focus from the problem to the solution, which is, which is him. Hallelujah. 
Very simple, but and very true. And it repositions true. us from being, you know, so attached to this earthly realm and operating in, you know, a heavenly perspective because we are seated next to Christ in heavenly places. And so the enemy obviously always in fear, torment, whatever, out of peace wants us to continue to stay bound in this world system because if we are bound in this world system, then we cannot function as citizens of heaven Come like on. we truly yep. are called to be. That's right. And guess what? We're also called to um, have the kingdom go forward. We're supposed to be the ones who are advancing the kingdom of God. And if we are so bound because of looking at the situation about uh, what's happening, all the variables, and not looking at the Lord and reminding ourselves of where we actually are, then we will be stuck but and not able to do what it is that we're actually called to do. And so I love that. you know. And I know it's really hard sometimes um, when you're so, when things are, are not going the right direction to stop and actually open your mouth and begin to praise and thank the Lord because it changes our position. And so I would just encourage you in that whenever things aren't looking right or, you know, you're you're, um, not having peace or anything, then you just, you have to stop. It's like I have to, I physically, sometimes I have to tell myself to stop. What are you doing? And then I remind myself this thing, it is not worthy when I compare it to the Lord. And then I begin to thank the Lord, praise the Lord, put on worship music, whatever it is, and then reposition myself because in that repositioning, you have new, fresh perspective. That's right. Come on. That's exactly right. When you're praising and thanking God, you are agreeing with heaven. And you're, you, you, at that point, you stop agreeing with your problem, and you come into agreement. As a matter of fact, let's just have a, break, a praise break. Everybody stand up. And I started singing, and when I stopped singing, I felt a little bit, oh, I like that song. So let's <laughs> sing it, especially everyone over probably 50 would know this song. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Here we go now. And he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. And he has made me glad, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. One more time. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. And I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. And he has made me glad, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Amen. (laughs) Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Now everyone under 30 sing that song. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. I was looking around, all the older folks, yeah, the younger guys were like... So, hallelujah, showing our age a little bit there. But anyways, praise God. He he has made me glad. Yes. Yeah, hallelujah. So, 
two tips, and we forgot to tell you we were on two tips or two tricks or two ways to get you to have your peace not destroyed and get out of fear. Number one is just thanksgiving. And you could say praise and thanksgiving, they, they very, very much go together. Yes. Let's give you number two, all right? And we're going to close with this. Number two uh, is to acknowledge what you do have. This is so important. Crazy important. So important as people. And just even being tied to this earth, it's so easy to look at like the things that we don't have instead of it, it's a it's a shift in perspective like yeah. when you look at you're you're constantly you'll never have enough but when you shift your focus and you start to say this is actually what i do have then you actually can become a steward because you're like oh i actually do have something that i'm called to manage and to take care of so shift your perspective from what i don't have yeah. and you know there's always going to be the uh, uh, a lack just in the natural there can always be a lack because we're always, you know, the thing with faith is, is that there, God is always trying to get us to believe bigger and go further. And so in the natural, it would say, oh, there's a lack. But when we're venturing with the Lord, the Lord says, actually, I want you to step out in faith and trust me in this place that I am who I am, say I am and that I will take you and do the things that it is that I want you um, to go to and, the, and prosper. And, and But if we're constantly looking at what we don't have, then we can never get that to that place where we step out and get in agreement with the Lord and begin to activate and operate in our faith. That's right. The Philemon chapter one, only one chapter, verse six, says that the communication of your faith becomes effective by the acknowledgement of every, every good, good thing, thing which, which is, is in you, you in, in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. You know that you can't acknowledge something that's, that's not already in existence. So when you're acknowledging something, you're talking about, you're, you're making recognition to something that's already in existence. That's what it means to acknowledge. And so um, we need to acknowledge what we already do have. And we've got, we're going to go to John chapter 6. We're going to talk about a couple quick passages here, and then we're going to be done for today. Y'all getting full, full and filled up? Yes, so Hallelujah. good. Hallelujah. Thank you for those four people that are filled <laughs> and full up. Hey, we got to sing an oldie today. Huh? Praise God. John chapter 6, we're going to go to verse 4, and we're going to read a few verses here. And it says, now the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that we may eat? But this he, uh, he said to test him for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered to him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have, an, have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? I tell you what, if you just have something, it's enough for Jesus. That's right. Because we oh, all know this story. It says, Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was going to say, this is going to be really hard for you not to preach. <laughs> he, you, know what, you know why he had him every, every single phrase every word in the bible oh, is so there good. for a reason he told them to sit down he was saying trust me yeah it's a place of rest it's, it's a, a place posture of, rest. That's of right. peace yeah then jesus said make the people sit down and there was so much grass in the place excuse me there was much grass in the place uh so then excuse me so the men thank you jesus i can read so the men sat down in number about five thousand, and jesus took loaves 
And when he had, what's the first thing he did? Step number one, he had given thanks. He distributed them to the disciples and disciples, uh, to those sitting down, to those sitting down. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think in a place of a, a people of 5,000, and we know how human beings are, do you think that there was someone probably, or maybe a few people that said, I'm not sitting down. Who does he think he is? <laughs> I've seen those people in churches for years. Stop, Stop it, kid. Stop it, kid. Move I guarantee on. you, 5,000 people, there was at least a few going. Make you me, tell you me know? what to do. <laughs> and it says he distributed them to the disciples and disciples to those sitting down. <laughs> Come to a place of rest and you'll get what you need. Yeah, it makes me actually think of uh, Psalms 23. He, you know, he leads me by still waters and he makes me sit down in green pastures. Yeah. Because when you're at that place of being in rest and at peace, if you think about like still waters and green pastures, it's so peaceful. It's so relaxing. You're refreshed. You're rejuvenated. Yeah. And then what's the next part it says though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear, fear no, no evil, evil. because god is with me Amen. and in that place of rest and sitting down and posturing your heart you know that god is with you That's so right. you can face anything knowing that he is jehovah jireh your provider and that he, that he is able That's so good so That's good. So good that's awesome i never saw that awesome. I, I love the word of god it's so awesome when you could see you like read something so many times and then it's like oh my gosh i never saw that they sat down and green grass and i'm like oh it's a place of peace amen okay sorry. and the very last <laughs> sentence says and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted oh my gosh as much they did not just get enough okay they didn't get enough they had more than enough they were it was a passover potluck is yeah, what it was they were able to eat till they were full and then if you keep going we know this like then there was extra yeah. There was like enough extras like, oh, you want to take some home? You want to take some like you don't have to go without on the journey back home. And yeah. I love that awesome. so much. Hallelujah. They he, there's so much I could say. The boy, he was prepared and he had something to offer and he offered it to them. And then they were able he offered what he had to the Lord and the Lord blessed it so and good. multiplied it in Hallelujah. the disciples hands. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at one more verse here, and then we're going to close with this. And we're going to give you guys an opportunity to have the prayer team's going to come up and um, pray with you. But let's go to 1 Kings uh, chapter 17. 1 Kings oh, chapter 17. This, this is so, so such a fun. We could take three weeks and talk about this one passage. 1 Kings uh, 17, 8 through 16 is where we're going to go. Yeah. 1 Kings 17. Yeah. And I want to pull it up there so everybody can see this. It's a, it's about Elijah. And the widow woman. Such yeah. a powerful story. And in verse 8, it says, And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. And, and don't correct my uh, mispronunciation. I'm not a, I don't know how to pronounce these things. But anyways, you get the point. And dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. What a thing for the Lord to say. I've provided a widow for you. We're supposed to give to widows. We're supposed to help widows. And he said, this widow is going to help you. Yeah, so good. And I would, I would venture to say the reason the widow could help was because the widow was in the, the hand of God. Yes. 
the widow's heart belonged to the Lord. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah and she and he and her uh, and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, and did, and, and, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Mm. Day by day. Oh, so All good. you have to do is look at what you do have. Yeah. Look at what you do have. And it's enough to sustain you when it's in God's hands. That's right. It's mm. enough to sustain you when you release it to the Lord. Notice that Elijah said, make me some first. See, when you're really trusting the Lord, you'll give to God first. Yeah. You'll say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting this with you. It could mean tithing. I believe tithing should come off the first. That's what we live by. We believe that. But in general, it's just, God, all this belongs to you. I give to you first before I, before I go and meet my needs. And it's saying, God, I trust you. I, I'm not trusting in money, and I'm not trusting in money's ability, and I'm not trusting in my ability to make money and to get it and for that to be my provision. But my provision comes from you, Jesus, my true soul. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.